Wisconsin getting it done Friday night. What a game. The Graham Merch Show. Wisconsin dominates Illinois 45 to 7. Mertz has now tested positive for COVID-19, though. God bless America. Waiting for a second test result. I don't know when it's gonna be today, maybe tomorrow. It's the it's the more hardcore one. But Mertz, let's go Friday night, tied the school record with 17 straight completions to start the game. And his 95.2% completion percentage broke Alex Hornibrook's program mark set in 2017. Mertz had complete control of that offense. 430 yards, including 248 through the air from uh, from uh, the arm of Mertz and just crushing it. Is um, You know, we were pretty hyped about this. It, expectations. Nelly, was this build? Is this living up to everything we thought it could be and more? Oh, 100%. You couldn't have asked Graham Mertz to play a better game. He had one incompletion, and it was a drop. Yep. A drop. He, he put the ball exactly where it needed to be, it, what seemed like every single time he dropped back to pass. Yep. RJ, is this everything we wanted and more? Well, I know you said on Friday that you want, like, this is your expectations anyways, and you want the run game to show up. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, expectations are usually hard for things to live up to. Did Graham Mertz live up to the expectations you set out there for yourself and him? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and ex- did he exceed them? Yeah. He, even with... You know, like people have said, you played Illinois. All right, well, that's a team who beat Wisconsin last year. Yep, and as Rowdy pointed out earlier, they were in a bowl game. That pretty much ended in an interception that turned into a field goal to win it. There were no interceptions, and every ball looked good, even the one that was dropped. Um, Every ball he threw, I I would give a chef kiss to. I mean— You put a ball in the perfect spot for your fullback to make a catch. Um, you, you know what it was? He saw that that cutout of Matt Bernstein in the stands. He's like, I'm yeah, going to do Bernie proud. I'm going to get one for that guy. Yeah, do one for um, the, get one for the Gipper. It, like, uh, as bad as it sounds, like, you shouldn't be surprised by the highest-ranked quarterback in school history to be recruited here to have a performance like that. You know what's crazy to think about? Okay, let's say Jack Cohn does not hurt his foot and he's not out indefinitely. We're watching Jack Cohn start for this game against the Fighting Line, aren't we? Like, Jack Cohn is rolling with the ones. Jack Cohn would have been the guy out there, wouldn't you have? Yeah. Rowdy? Like, Yeah, the odds say, yeah, he'd be the starting quarterback. Now, I know this is a conjecture. We'll never know what happens. But if Jack Cohn is out there, are we seeing a performance like a Graham Mertz, like Graham Mertz did? To me, I feel like you're getting more of the run game established, and Cohen's more of a, a, a quote-unquote game manager, and you're seeing, like, I said 120 yards and maybe a touchdown. But honestly, the way – and Illinois I know would never Illinois know. Would, but... No, I think we do. Illinois would have attacked them the same way, and honestly, we saw it last year. Some of those throws, I don't think – Cone has the capability of making. Even though we did see him make some big throws last year, some of those, I mean, I I don't think that fullback, uh, the fullback wheel route was, would would have happened. Uh, we didn't see as many balls from Cone that just jumped off the page like you did with Graham Mertz on right. Friday night. But that being said, I think the Badgers still stomp Illinois and they'd win by at least three to four touchdowns with Jack Cohn. I don't think it would be like all of a sudden just like a two-touchdown game. I think they'd still 
they'd still put it on Illinois pretty good. I don't know. I, I don't know if they would have. I feel like they would have relied more on the run, and the yeah. run would have been tr- – I mean, Garrett Grosch had, what, 99 yards? You would have seen – I think it would have been more labor-intensive ground and pound than it would have been 70, so. a closer yeah. game. Or maybe that's total yards. I can't remember. I'll have to go look. Uh, Grosch yeah, 70 yards. There you go. And then he had 29 receiving, so 99. Um, when it goes to Jack Hone in there, though, and you look at what Graham Mertz did, we would not have seen Graham Mertz if there wasn't, unfortunately, the injury to Jack Hone. And you think, how can you have a guy like Graham Mertz who did what he did sit on the bench? Does that ever creep into your thought process of this? Not really, because last year we talking to Zach, talking to – other Jesse people, Temple, Jesse Temple, talking to other people who were at practices, and I mean nobody wants to believe it, and especially now since you actually was, saw him on it game was last film and, year, right? But nobody wants to believe that he didn't get the playbook. Nobody wants to believe he was struggling with calling plays in the huddle. Nobody wants to believe there was a problem with him, and yeah. yet everybody who was at practice. Everyone was there and everyone covering it. And the coaches even said he's not there yet. We'll, we're going to redshirt him. You know, it, uh-huh. all, all that stuff comes out. People are like, no, no, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm it's right. Like, what? Like, I saw people online. There. I saw people online who have nothing to do with the program trying to congratulate themselves for saying how good Mertz is. It's like, dude, you weren't, you weren't even there like our sports director, Zach Heilprin, would be there to talk about how Cohen was head and shoulders better last year than everyone, right? Mertz included. And now I see people online like throwing out their shoulder, trying to pat themselves on the back, how they called it and they knew. I'm like, you weren't even there. Right. The only thing I miss about Jack Cohen, the only thing I'm light is $500. <laughs> Where's my money? Isn't it like four ninety eight something? Some, I, I'm, <laughs> I saw, it's like, the only thing I miss about Cohen is $500. Yeah. And that's because he was named the starter last year. Right. And, like, th- that's the thing that boggles the mind, though, is was it Illinois? Was it him stepping up to the moment because the lights were the brightest? What was it? And if it was first game last season or even a late October game of last season, like it is this year, where, you know, finally Graham Mertz got the start, you don't you don't see that. You don't see that type of performance because, like you said, the coaches even said it. He wasn't ready. He wasn't outplaying Jack Cohn at practice. Now, that's right. was last year, right? But, yeah, yeah, you gave him a full year to learn everything, to get in the weight room and do all the strength and conditioning and go through all the programs, and this is what you got. Right. And it was incredible. Sometimes waiting pays off. And now? And as, he's uh, still going to be a redshirt freshman next year. Yep. And now <laughs> as uh, our guy Bob, who called in about you know, 50, 20 minutes ago, Bob, you said this goes right to the nut kick continuum. This is a this is a new wrinkle in the nut kick continuum as Graham Mertz absolutely balled out. I was on cloud nine watching it all on Oh, yeah. I think everyone was. Everybody was. Every like I was like, is this guy even gonna miss a pass? And he he didn't. It was the full it was Groshek, right? That dropped it, hit him in the hands. And then after the game, I'm like, oh my God, this is everything we've wanted and more from a Wisconsin quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday you wake up. You know, you're rubbing the sleep out of your eyes. You know, you're sipping some coffee, and then the news comes down from the Wisconsin State Journal: COVID-19 could potentially be out 21 days. Yeah, nut kick continuum. So after watching that game so on that, Friday night, is that 21 days from yesterday. I think it's from the positive test. Okay. I think once it's officially official. But what are you gonna say, Rowdy? <laughs> yeah, watching that game on Friday, I was sitting there thinking to myself, 
man, if Graham Mertz can play like this, he's easily just vaulted himself into top two quarterback in the Big Ten. And then I saw sports director Zach Heilprin put basically that exact same tweet out where he's like, Justin Fields, Graham Mertz, everyone else. <laughs> dot, dot, but, dot, 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 but it really is. If he can if he can play with that level of ability mm-hmm. for the rest of the season pending this test, he clearly is the second best quarterback in the Big Ten. Yes. And He's that's a incredible. that's a game changer because we talked about Jack Cohn was everything that the, the coaches and the and us as fans asked him to be. Yeah. Solid, steady, and he was ranked about looking at his numbers, third or fourth best quarterback in the Big Ten last year. And he was just, right there with like and Tanner. He just got replaced with the yeah. top two. Yeah. And you <laughs> third, fourth right there with Tanner Morgan for Minnesota. Both yep. had good years. But, yeah, if you can all of a sudden have a clear-cut number two quarterback in the Big Ten, and, oh, by the way, the one that we're saying is number one is is one of the favorites to win the Heisman, <laughs> you're playing pretty well and at a very high level. Does Graham Mertz have Heisman odds now? Did he vault uh, up in there? I think it depends on uh, a couple I, days from now. <laughs> oh, yeah, with the, um, uh, the Rona? But, I mean, he even throws a better ball than Justin Fields. Oh, Mertz is mean, just, like, effortless. Right. You, you look at – and. Not saying Justin Fields is a bad quarterback, but watching that game against Nebraska, I mean, he's the second some, second favorite right, guy to win a Heisman. Some some of those does his nickname have Cannon in it, like the Kansas Cannon. Some some of those uh, Mertz long throws he had takes a five step drop and has to then f- do a hop, skip, and a jump just to get the distance on it. Got his I happy mean, feet in the pocket, RJ. No, not even that. He has to like get a running start to make those <laughs> throws. So. I mean, some of his throwing mechanics are a little, quote-unquote, off for NFL standards. But uh, you know what? He's still a great quarterback. Uh, they're well, trying to force him to stay in the pocket yeah. uh, a little more this year to improve upon that passing game because um, they know he can get out in the open field and run. Um, and you saw a little bit of that, and it took you know a couple series for him to get comfortable, I think, staying in the pocket. But uh, still, yeah, you replace a top four quarterback in the conference with a top two quarterback. Um, the sky's yeah. the limit for the Badgers right now. If if COVID nineteen does not get that positive result for right. Graham Mertz, then we got to start thinking about and talking about Chase Wolf. I, the ultimate tease, the ultimate blue ball. If this happens, Graham Mertz <laughs> goes out and balls the f out. And then gets tested positive for Rona. Please be negative. Please be a false positive. Your Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. The tune-up. Like, hey, we're putting that Tampa Bay loss behind us. We're moving forward, and we're going to take our aggressions out on the Houston Texans as the Packers absolutely roll. Get it done in a big way. 35-20. to 20. Over Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, Randall Cobb and company uh, down in Houston. It was uh, a bludgeoning. I never doubted the uh, outcome of the game. Packers didn't give up any points in the first half and obviously gave up the 20 in the second half. Never doubted the outcome of the game. They just kind of it felt like they did it at ease. Didn't it, Rowdy? That defense looked good, too. Yeah, a lot of the Houston... A lot of the Houston points overall this whole year have come in garbage time. Yep. Because they've been pretty bad. Yeah, because they're... A.K.A. why they're one and six. <laughs> kind of garbage. Well, yeah, the Packers... Aaron Rodgers looked phenomenal. Devontae Adams, absolutely crushing it. Uh, new career high, 196 yards receiving. Two scores, 
against Houston. That was Well, didn't it awesome. feel like Devontae Adams was wide open like every, every time. time he ran a route? And then when he was covered, Aaron Rodgers put it in the perfect spot for him to catch oh, football. Oh, that one that Rodgers had to Adams on the sideline was just beautiful. It was majestic. Right away, like the tone was set. God, second or third play, whatever it was, Jamal Williams gets his hand off, and he gets absolutely rocked, and his helmet goes flying off, and Williams immediately jumps up and just starts headbanging. That right there, I'm like, oh, my God, the Packers are going to crush. Jamal Williams setting the tone, and it's just the headbanging was awesome. Um, J.J. Watt was beside himself. He wanted out. (laughs) Jamal Williams had a really underrated game. Jamal Williams crushed it, man. He was killing it. I mean, he he averaged over four yards a carry at 19 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown, but it was also the receiving, right? He had four catches, yeah. 37 yards, and some of them were, were some big-time catches where they needed it. Yeah, big-time. Jamal Williams was was awesome. But, you know, Aaron Jones didn't, didn't play in the game because he had a calf injury. He tweaked it in practice, and he said it was just – Aaron Jones said he wanted to go, but we've seen this year and last year uh, about the, the Packers medical staff, if they're not 100% sure – they're going to sit you. Aaron Jones got sat. And listen, Jamal Williams didn't miss a beat. Uh, A.J. Dillon saw five carries from him, only 11 yards. Not too much from A.J. Dillon. Is that concerning moving forward, Rowdy, as he was given a – I mean, it was only five carries, but – I think it's concerning that he really only got – much. That he only got five carries in a game like this. Yeah, when he where, was the second option. Where they were up big, especially going into the second half. He was the second option behind Jamal Williams, who they were also lining up in the slot at times. Yeah. And they decided to give Jamal Williams 23 touches to his five. Yeah. And then even in the garbage time when they're trying to run the clock out, you didn't even really see him. Hardly saw him at all. Interesting. Very interesting. But how about the Packers receiving core? Outside of Adams? Yeah. Okay, let's look at it. Velda Scantling had some drops. Velda Scantling was targeted four times. That's the only thing that appears on the stat sheet. Everything else is zeros. Four well, targets, that, everything else zero. He had that out where Rodgers put it right on a dime, and he completely just dropped it. Yeah. Uh, Devontae Adams, 13 receptions, 196 yards, two touchdowns. Phenomenal. Jamal Williams was your second leading receiver. Four catches, 37 yards. Robert Tunyon. Did you know this now? It's not Tanyan. Did you see this? Hear this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you like, have one good game and you change your name. It's like the We've Ma- seen this before. It's like the Monte Ball scenario. Remember when it was whenever it was Monty Ball? Remember remember Monty Ball? We called him Monty Ball. Monty Ball for like three years. And he balled out and then he changed it to Mont well, he didn't change it because that was his name. Like, hey, actually it's pronounced Monte. It's like, oh, okay. Now Robert Ro- Tanyan. Robert Tanyan in his fourth year, now it's Tunyan. Tunyan. Like Funyan. Like the chip. Funyan. It's Tunyan. Robert Tunyon. All right, so Devontae Adams, 13 receptions. Jamal Williams, four. Robert Tunyon, two. Mercedes Lewis, big dog in the first quarter with one. Uh, Malik Taylor with two. Jay Sternberger with one. It was the touchdown. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantling, nothing. And Darius Shepard, nothing on one target. Yeah, basically the Packers rolled in that game with Jamal Williams, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they're like, we're going to beat you with this. And they did. And on the defensive side of the football, finally, 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 the Smith brothers had a solid game. They did. A game that looked more or less like they did last year. Yeah. Raven Green looked pretty good, too. Um, Kamal Martin getting an appearance. Kamal Martin had a tackle for loss, and he had uh, six solo or five solo, no, six solo tackles. Kamal Martin looked pretty decent in his limited time. But yeah, Zadarius and Preston Smith finally, finally looking the part, you know, uh, of they were last year. So. 
Rowdy. Packers didn't miss Kevin King as much as I thought they might have. They really didn't. Jair especially, Alexander was a beast. Especially with Deshaun Watson on the other side, like like we just mentioned earlier. Yeah. Deshaun Watson got a lot of his statistics in garbage time. The Packers the Packers with you know, coming in with a lot of an act as an injury, they look they look good with a lot of their guys, um, star guys not playing. Uh you, you nail on the head though. It was literally the Rogers Adams Jamal Williams show. That's that was it. I mean, Jay Sternberger got a touchdown. And I feel like we need to expect that well, from that the was Packers to come in and beat a Houston Texan team that were struggling to stop the run, that were struggling to stop the pass. Yeah. And J.J. Watt is like the only name on the defensive line at this point. <laughs> There's no more Jadavion Clowney. The defense isn't as good as it used to be. Uh-huh. It's kind of a shell of what that team was even just a few years ago. I feel like we should have expected the Packers to roll. We it's, What concerns me is once they face the teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have the good front Well, they got seven. the nasty defense, yeah. you know. That's Those are the teams I'm worried about when the Packers play them. Same. Seems like the Texans, they should just roll. Same. Like the and pa- that's what they did. When the, yeah, and exactly what you wanted to see. The Packers, I mean, the Houston Texans are were 1-5 coming into the game. Are they a 1-5 team? I mean, you could go back and look at their 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 games in previous weeks and say they're not a 1-5 team, despite well, that's what the record says, but they're still not a 1-5 team. They looked like a 1-5 team yesterday, didn't they? I mean, you got to give credit to the Packers for that defense well, think, shutting them down. But there's, did, but also they're just not that good of a team. They did make a little bit of a comeback towards the end of the game, but they looked like a team that kind of had quit on the game. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Papa Pick on Twitch says, Summers needs to not play. <laughs> well, I don't think the Packers want Summers yeah. playing. He has to play because you don't have money, much else. What? It was Kamal Martin was making his debut. Kirksey's obviously still hurt. Mm-hmm. It's not an ideal situation at inside linebacker right now for the Packers. Man, I got the Sean Watson. He, he had a three hundred and nine yards and two touchdowns, but most that was of that all, was, that was all junk time. Most of it was, and we thank you for the fantasy points. Yeah, and we thank you. Randall Cobb was a leading receiver for the the Texans, ninety five yards on eight receptions. But it was uh, what David Johnson with the receiving touchdown, Will Fuller with the receiving touchdown. And uh, I, I don't know, man. The Houston Texans just not the greatest of teams, but that's fine. The Packers, they're on their schedule. They took care of business. Uh, here's more from Matt LeFleur, the Packers head coach, on the win. Let's see what he has to it's say. It's always awesome to bounce back after, you know, the game that we had the previous week. I'm really proud of our guys' effort, just how they brought it each and every day. We had a lot of guys out in this game, and we had a lot of guys step up. And so that's always awesome to see guys getting opportunities and, and maximizing those those opportunities. Now, when he says people stepped up, I guess a couple players here and there stepped up when their name was called. And that's all you can really ask for, right? Like, you're not expecting them to step up for every single well, play of every game. Is when your number's called... You step up and you rise to the occasion, and they did that in very limited time. And I think two guys that you could say that really stepped up yesterday, which we haven't talked about yet, would be Rick Wagner yeah. and Billy Turner because they kicked Billy Turner from right tackle over to left tackle. Again, Aaron, they didn't give up any sacks, and I think Aaron Rodgers was hit once. Yeah, it was one QB hit. And, and Ricky Wagner has looked much better at right tackle this year. He looks serviceable at right tackle. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. At left tackle? No, please. Let's not do the left let's, tackle Let's anymore. never, ever, let's, ever do that again. Let's keep him at right. But, yeah, how about Billy Turner's year? Yeah. They they thought he was going to start at right guard. Turns out he starts at right tackle, <laughs> and then he's been at right tackle for most of the season, and then they kick him over to left tackle with the Bakhtiari injury. Yeah. Versatility is key right there. It is, big time. Because if uh, Billy Turner wasn't able to play left left tackle, 
I don't know who would be playing left tackle for the Packers because we saw Rick Wagner do it, and yeah. that wasn't good. Bakhtiari hey. was the linchpin that you thought, man, he, he can't get hurt. And that chest injury kept him out, obviously. And listen, Packers only had one QB hit. Now, how good is that front line, though, of the Texans? It's not as good as it, it used to be, but hey, there was, was a lot. Of, there was a lot of plays though where where Wagner actually shut shut down and uh, blocked up. Yeah. J.J. Watt quite well. Now, obviously, J.J. Watt burned him a couple times, but that's what happens when you're playing with that high level of a player. He's going to get his at sometimes. But overall, I think uh, Wagner played really well at right tackle, blocking J.J. Watt for the most part, and I think uh, Billy Turner did quite well at left tackle. No doubt about it. Um, I was looking at this. Uh, ben Fennell, who breaks down a lot of tape, um, I think he works for the NFL Network, if memory serves me right. He was breaking down Rodgers on um, him holding onto the ball. So Rodgers, zero scrambles, zero sacks, one quarterback hit. He had three, only three downfield attempts that were in rhythm. His average depth target downfield was 6.1 yards, and the time it took from him to take the ball and pass it was 2.43 seconds. Um, last game against Tampa, Rodgers was almost four seconds in the pocket trying to find people. This one, real just quick, quick, boom, 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 boom. And, and that helps the line block better too, Definitely, obviously. but I mean – that's that's what you got to do, right? Well, we keep talking about the musical chairs on the offensive line. How many more injuries can the Packers sustain? <laughs> Maybe one? Like, let's because limit those injuries, who, please. Who's the only guy that's left out there that, that you would feel comfortable bringing in at this point? Runyon? Yeah. And he's had, he's had limited snaps. Obviously, he's a rookie, but he's played well in about one game. Yeah, that's about it. That's, a, that's the only guy you probably still feel comfortable bringing in. So hopefully no more injuries on that Packers offensive line, and hopefully Bakhtiari's back as soon as possible. No doubt. Here's more from LaFleur and his team being resilient. These guys rallied around each other and made plays when we needed them. We're going to have to continue that because, you know, there's so many uncertainties throughout the course of a season, whether guys are available or, or, or not. Uh, injuries are part of the game, and you have to have that next man up mentality. And we had a lot of guys just step up, and, you know, they've been working hard. They've been working for those moments. All right, Rowdy, speaking of that offensive line, here's more from the floor on the job that they did. They've got one of the premier defensive players to ever play the game on the other side, and we know that he's capable of wrecking a game and we didn't want that to happen. So it was awesome to see guys like Rick Wagner and Billy Turner. And then the other three guys, Corey Lucas and uh, Elton just come through for us. Yeah. LaFleur loving it, man. Um, speaking of guys stepping up, here is more from Aaron Rodgers when it comes to uh, people contributing to that win. Yeah, that uh, definitely lit up the bingo card, I'm sure, from training camp. Sternberger touchdown, Malik Taylor touchdown, Henry Black forced fumble. You know, that's pretty special right there. It's a credit to those guys being ready. There was a lot of guys we knew this week that were going to get a chance to play. Don't expect those things, you know, starting the week out maybe, but I'm proud of the way those guys made the most of opportunities. <laughs> You're like, who in the hell is Henry Black? <laughs> but he's out there. You know, contributing to the win, my man. Uh, Devontae Adams says it was great to bounce back from that loss to Tampa. We felt like we owed it to ourselves, which is based off of how we played last week. We started off good and then allowed them to come back in the game due to some turnovers, and that's definitely not our identity as a football team. I think we've kind of secured, if anything, we've secured, you know, the way that we take care of the ball. You know, we, we do that first and foremost, and I feel like better than anybody in the league. So to have those two turnovers, we just wanted to turn around and, and make sure we did our thing this week, take care of the ball, be clean, and the rest takes care of itself. Devontae Adams, I don't even know how, how can you even describe of how good this guy is? Well, him getting off the line is insane because, you know, within that those first two to three steps, he's normally already 
created some space and is open. Yeah, my favorite thing ever about Devontae Adams is I saw a video of Chad Johnson, or if you prefer, Chad Ochocinco. He was watching tape of Devontae Adams running routes, and it was so beautiful that Chad Johnson or Chad Ochocinco started to cry. He filmed himself crying, watching how beautiful it was of Devontae Adams running routes. Here's more from Rodgers on Devontae. He's just a, such a talented player. He gives you, you know, such a, such a wide margin when you're throwing the ball to him. So steady. And, you know, his communication is between him and I has been, you know, really, really good. So when he's in the game, obviously we're tough. Is there anything besides Rodgers to Jordy, is there anything better than Rodgers to Devontae Adams? You say like Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins? Everyone's got their guy, right? Deshaun Watson to DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Don't remind him of that. Bill Don't remind O'Brien him of that. Traded him. Yeah. Uh, Rodgers to Devontae is at, that one pass, like on the sideline that Rodgers had to Devontae yesterday, was just incredible. What about uh, Drew Brees to Slant Boy on a slant? Well, slant Boy wasn't playing yesterday. No, he was out again. Yeah. I, I heard that he might be up on the trade block now, Michael Thomas. I wonder why. Hmm. You think it has anything? Oh, never mind. Slant boy, Michael Phillip, Thomas. Philip Rivers to Keenan Allen, and now Herbert to Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's, Allen's really, really underrated, really good. too. Keenan Allen's really good. Um, and how about, I would say, nah, that doesn't make sense. I was going to say Baker Mayfield to Odell Beckham, but Baker Mayfield had an interception. Odell Beckham, I think he's. I think he tore his ACL. I think he's done. And then Baker Mayfield somehow throws five touchdowns. After OBJ goes out, couldn't believe it. Tom Brady to Randy Moss for a few years. <sighs> that was nasty. Nasty. All right, 608 Twitter is at Zone Madison. We're going to get our uh, – How our, are we missing this one? Peyton Manning? Marvin, oh, Marvin, Marvin Harrison, Harrison? Yeah. Reggie Wayne? Incredible. You know what the, the pattern is here? A really good quarterback with a really good receiver. Yeah, you're going to have a good time if you have that, right? Uh, we're going to hear from our sports director, Zach Heilprin, coming up here. Oh, well, how about a good quarterback? I know this is a little different because it's a tight end. Graham Mertz to Jake Ferguson. <laughs> Speaking of that, we're going to talk Wisconsin football with our sports director, Zach Heilprin, at 835. He was there. He released a cool video of him walking around uh, Camp Randall on Friday. Very eerie, but also kind of cool to see. Not, not in a sense, I guess. I would prefer if fans are in the stands. But, yeah, speaking of fans in the stands, yesterday down in Houston, there were fans in the stands. Was it me or was it like 80% of the people allowed in there? Was it like 80% Packer fans in there? Did you notice that? I guess I really didn't notice it. There was I, – I obviously didn't notice the that there, was, there were people Packer there. Packer fans. But I guess I didn't really pay attention to, to – they distinguish had, their Packer fans or so not. So their allowed attendance was 12,000. They had 12,618 people there. And I would say the majority of it was Packer fans. It was it was crazy to see when the camera panned out. Obviously, couldn't hear him too much. But when the camera panned out, you saw I saw a ton of green and gold. Here's more from Rodgers on the fans. We want to be a great team. We got to win these games. I don't think. Oop, wrong one. Here is Rodgers on the fans. It's special. You know, we, we have such a great following. Having been down here over the years, some of Donald Driver's events, I know how many Packer fans are in the Houston area, and it's fun to see, uh, you know, the green and gold. It's it's different, you know. It's been such a strange year coming out to so many stadiums without fans. To run onto the field this afternoon and to hear the ovation was was special. Yeah, it was majority Packer fans. It was it was awesome. And LaFleur also chimes in on that one as well. The support that we had from our fans, it was unbelievable. I mean, there was a lot of go pack go chance and that really right. I think that provided us with a lot of energy. So just big shout out and thank you to all the Packer fans out there. 
All right, so there you go. We'll keep talking about it coming up here. Packers bounce back in a big way over the Houston Texans. Taking them down 35-20. to 20. Poor J.J. Watt just wants out. He wants out. J.J., you should have got on the Packers plane. Could've, they could have figured it out. Mertz Mania was running absolutely wild at the camp on Friday night. We welcome in our sports director, Zach Halpern. Zach, before we talk about what happened on uh, yesterday with the news of Graham Mertz, let's relive what happened on Friday. Take us through what our sports director, Zach Halpern, had to do to be the select media to get into Camp Randall. Take us through, take us through the day, Zach. Wear a mask. <laughs> did, you, did you have to bathe in Purell? I didn't have to do anything. No, it was. Uh, I just had to had to wear a mask and keep be socially distanced. And yeah, it was weird. I mean, there, the press box was not virtually empty, but it, there was only about twenty people up there when normally there's probably close to sixty. And so yeah, it was a little bit different. But I didn't have to do anything different. Uh, I actually got to park closer to the stadium. So man, yeah, it was. <laughs> It's all good. How weird was it? Because I saw your video that you posted out, uh, you know, on your Twitter account at Zach Halpern and our Facebook page, the Zone Madison. How weird was it to walk into an empty Camp Randall with no roar of a crowd? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was a bit weird, but because we go in so early on a normal basis, usually there's not a whole lot of people there anyway. Sure, uh, at least within the stadium. So that wasn't uh, weird, but yeah, when it got to it, really hit obviously when jump around played. <laughs> And usually the press box is swaying. Like if the press box will go up and down. The TVs in the press box will start bouncing up and down. You're afraid that they're going to fall. <laughs> like it's uh, it's a really really cool experience. Uh, assuming after the first time, like the first time you, you get freaked out, but after that it's pretty cool. And yeah, it, it was not uh, it was not doing that on Thursday uh, on Friday night. Well, I'm, I'm sure. It would have, oh, real quick, did they play Sweet Caroline or Build Me Up Buttercup? I do not recall. I do not probably didn't. Unbelievable. All right, Zach, (laughs) something that, I mean, the crowd definitely would have been rocking if there was one there as Graham Mertz absolutely uncorked on the Illinois defense. Take us through of what you saw unfold with Mertz mania running wild against Illinois. Yeah, it was three three years in the making. Everyone had been waiting to see him with the first-team offense since he committed back in 2017, and and he didn't disappoint. He was fantastic. I mean, if if not for one Garrett Groshek drop, he goes 21 for 21, well over 250 yards, and then the five touchdowns. And, you know, it, some of those touchdowns were wide open, but the one to Jake Ferguson over the middle was perfect. The the pass down the sideline to uh, to Ferguson was just a, a dime. Um, thinking about the third quarter throw to Kendrick Pryor on the out, uh, the, the deep out. I mean, it was just one throw after another showing exactly why everyone was so excited about him and why we all thought that he was going to be the best quarterback Wisconsin's had since Russell Wilson. I mean, I don't think he did anything to sway anybody from that, probably built it up a little bit more. I mean, he was great. I've, uh, that's as good of a quarterback performance as I've seen in terms of a guy, um, you know, in my time covering the Badgers. Uh, and that's this is year eight. So, I mean, he's, he's he was great. I, that, that may not be saying a ton, considering some of the quarterback performances they've had, but... Um, that included the all-time winningest quarterback in Wisconsin history. Ooh, so Joel Stave, uh, who's a baller, yeah. who is a yeah, baller. So, well, right. he was he was great. Well, we'll talk. Um, you know, if Graham Mertz can, you know, best Stave when it comes to all-time wins, he might be getting some weeks of on the bench coming up here. Unfortunately, we'll we'll save that for a second. Uh, but first, Zach, looking at the ground game, it was. Um, you know, Groshek leading the way, but other than that, it was, you know, Nakia Watson, uh, Garendo. And, what, take us through what was going on with the run game, because I don't know if Wisconsin really ever established a run game, but I don't think you had to because you had Graham Mertz slinging it everywhere. What's the ground yeah, game looking like for Wisconsin? 
yeah, it wasn't ideal, but I, I think Graham Mertz uh, benefited from Lovey Smith saying, you're going to have to beat us with that freshman quarterback. And he did, of course. But uh, in the three, now three of the five games that Wisconsin's played against the Lovey Smith defense, so Lovey's been this is his fifth year, Wisconsin's been under four yards of carry in three of them now. So they've, they have sold out, and two of those games included Jonathan Taylor. So, I mean, obviously the running backs didn't produce at a high level, um, but it, it, that has happened with Jonathan Taylor in the backfield against Illinois as well. So, you know, I think it's a mix between a new offensive line, especially up in the middle where they have three new guys starting in new spots. Um, and then, you know, so a lot of negative runs we saw. I think there were 11 plays where there was no gain or, or a loss. And then the other – and so that's on the offensive line. And then the other thing is is the no, you know, chunk plays from the running backs. And that, to me, is on the running backs. There were a couple of plays where Nikia Watson – had an opportunity to break out, and he couldn't break one tackle. So yeah. that I think that's a that's a concern, no doubt. Um, well, I mean, but, you, you said it yourself though; they've stopped Jonathan Taylor a, a couple of times. So correct. is it wrong of thinking like, okay, this Illinois defense is really good against the run, and then Graham Mertz just picked him apart? Like, is is, is just that? I think simple? I think I think that's fair. I mean, there were there were wide open receivers running all over the place, weren't there? Yes. Um, yeah. So the safeties for Illinois were just trash. Uh, they uh, they did not respect. I mean, they they got play action to death, and uh, that's why Duke Ferguson was open so much in the end zone on a couple of those play actions. But yeah, the running game. I don't think it's it's fair to to crush it after one game, considering what Illinois has done to Wisconsin in uh, now three of the five games. Sure. But we'll see what happens next week. Against, assuming they get to play. Uh, what happens against Nebraska. Well, we'll talk about that real quick here, but first, uh, um, your final synopsis on the first performance of the Wisconsin Badgers defense. I mean, they only held, they held Illinois to seven yards, but or seven points, I mean. So tell us more about the that. Wisconsin defense. Defense held them, shut them out. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, Sorry, excuse me. The, yeah, the only, uh, obviously, coming on the fumble, but they were great. I thought the defensive line, and, and it was going to be a strength, right? When you return everybody and you've got two seniors up there with, Rand and Isaiah Loudermilk, and then a guy who's an absolute stud in Keanu Benton at nose tackle. I mean, we've got some depth there, too. They they were the difference. I mean, Illinois could not run the ball up the middle. The only run game that uh, Illinois had was um, was uh, Brandon Peters' you know, uh, read option, and they didn't play that overly well. They're going to have to do that a lot better uh, this, uh, this Saturday against Nebraska because Nebraska's got some quarterbacks that are going to do that on a regular basis. But overall, I thought they were great. Secondary slowed down the, the, the top. I think the top guy had three catches um, for for Illinois. It was a really really good performance by, you know, Wisconsin's defense. Yeah, did you see that mustache on Peters? By the way, did I you? didn't. Oh, it, it was, was bad. it was it was almost as bad as mine. So I'll just leave it. That's uh, not tough. Scene. That's probably why I couldn't. That's probably why I couldn't see it. Tough scene, brother. All right. Speaking of tough <laughs> scenes, Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Speaking of tough scenes, Zach. Well, we had Mertz Mania go absolutely wild Friday night. Saturday night, we're still, oh, my God, was I dreaming that this happened? Nope, it actually happened. And then Sunday, we get the news. Graham Mertz has tested positive for COVID-19. Yeah. There's one more test. There's one more test, correct? Yeah, which has already been taken. We're just waiting Uh, on the results? Well, they may already have the results. We don't know. Uh, The the thing about UW is they don't have to announce uh, individual specific COVID results. So I don't think we'll ever get at a, an official thing from them. Maybe they'll have to because it is a starting quarterback. But it's also it's possible we'll, we'll see them go to Nebraska and, and they won't tell us and, until uh, we see Chase Wolf warming up and, and, and starting the game. But, yeah, it's, it's oh one, more test that you, one more test that you have to cross your fingers and hope that 
it was a false positive. Apparently, they've had quite a few false positives on those antigen tests that then the PCR test comes back and it says, no, he doesn't have it. So that's that's what Wisconsin obviously has to be hoping for in this situation. But, yeah, I mean, it's, and if he does test positive, mm-hmm. you have to be worried about a whole bunch of other guys testing positive as well because – They have uh, to sit 21 days, right? Right, right. But I'm saying, like, if, if – he, he won't be the only one you would think. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's very unlikely that if he tests positive and that, that one is positive, it's unlikely he'll be the only one. And I suspect that he isn't the first one to test positive either. Um, you know, they had, four, they had four guys – they had four guys out on – that were in the two deep out on Friday night. Three of them were there: Jack Cohn, Adam Crumholtz, and Spencer Weidel. The fourth, Joe Tipman, was. Uh, I did not see him. That doesn't mean he wasn't there, mm-hmm. but I didn't see him. But he was. Uh, he is one of Mercy's roommates. So, oh sweet um, God, yeah, sweet None mother of Mercy, Zach. Oh no! All right, so let's say you're. you're I know. I know you're. Mertz Mania's Mertz Mania's running wild. I know you're joking a little bit, but it it doesn't it will not take because of Big Ten protocols it will not take much for them to have to shut everything down. This this sucks, dude. Like this is part I have the nut kick continuum. This is I this, was I was going to ask is that part of it now? If Graham Mertz isn't playing on Saturday after the performance Mertz Mania running wild on Friday, this is part of the nut kick continuum. Then he sits out for he misses three games, right? Yeah, and three games that obviously I mean that's a third of the season. Jeez, and including the Michigan game. All right, so, okay, Zach, so let me ask you about Chase Wolf. Let, let's say Chase Wolf, then let's do doomsday scenario for Mertz sure. Mania, that Chase Wolf is the starter. Now, the game against Nebraska is on Halloween. Masks, masks work, correct? So what if we made a Chase Wolf mask and put it on Graham Mertz, or would that be a no-no? Go for it. You, you, <laughs> go for it. That'd be cool. But I mean, well, let's talk. Chase let's Wolf. talk real scenario. No, no, though. Chase Wolf. Chase, Chase Wolf on Halloween. Yeah, Graham Mertz goes Chase. as Chase Wolf on Halloween, and no one knows. Right, right. No, but right. a wolf, a wolf on <gasps> Halloween. <gasps> Hungry like yeah. a wolf. A little Duran Duran playing as well. What do we? What can we expect yeah. if Chase Wolf is the quarterback for the Green, or for the Green Bay Packers for the Wisconsin Badgers? A little bit more uh, dual threat than probably uh, Jack Cohn and uh, Graham Mertz. He, uh, he he's got a little bit. He's got more legs to him. Probably not as strong as a passer um, as those as those two guys. But yeah, I mean he's he, he played at one of the better high schools in the country in in uh, in Ohio, Saint Xavier, and uh, you know Graham Mertz. It's been obviously widely reported that Urban Meyer tried to get Graham Mertz to flip his commitment and wanted him. They came after him hard. Um, Chase Wolf, they also came after. Uh, and they tried to get him to flip his commitment. So he's a, he's a good player. The quarterback competition last fall was not up for the starting job. It, Jack Cohen pretty much had that. It was for the backup job between Mertz and Chase Wolf. And so you're Mertz telling me last year, last year in practice, that despite you, you know, you were there, and there's a lot of people online saying that they knew better and otherwise. But when you were down there last year, everyone's very under the same belief. All the big J's down there that that Cohen had that job won head and shoulders above everyone else, correct? Yes. And then the next, so people that weren't there who are clamoring online that they've been right the whole time, never saw that, right? They never saw that, and no one ever told them that. They are strictly in their own mind and uh, trying to uh, cover for their insecurities. And, and no, hey, no offense to Jack Cohen, but the only thing I missed about Jack Cohen on Friday was my five hundred dollars. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but yep. Chase Wolf in practice, though Mertz obviously beat him for the second spot, right? He did. Yep, he was. Yep, he deserved to be the backup. He won that, but it wasn't like he ran away with it. So Chase Wolf 
if he gets the start against Nebraska, and we'll talk more about this, you know, come closer to the end of the week. Are you confident that Chase Wolf in the run game can get going against Nebraska? No, not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, because I think Nebraska actually did a really, really good job against Ohio State, the run game, for, for much of it. I mean, Ohio State struggled mightily to get the game. Them, like Wisconsin, trying to replace a running back who, went, uh, who was among the best in the country in J.K. Dobbins, uh, they, didn't, they didn't look great running the ball. So um, that would be a bit of a concern. But Wisconsin has always been able to run the ball at least a little bit against Nebraska. And especially if it's – the biggest concern is, you know, if it, Graham's not there, do they respect the passing game at all? Um, I don't know if they do or not. Uh, Chase Wolf, with the lack of experience there, we don't know exactly what it would look like. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough situation for Wisconsin. Zach, um, before, and before I let obviously. you go, my man, yeah, it is a tough situation. Speaking of tough situations, did you see a little clip of PJ Fleck after the Minnesota Golden Gophers got destroyed? PJ Fleck was asking reporters why they weren't asking him about the block punt they had. Did you see that by chance? <laughs> I didn't, but that guy's such a tool. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing that anybody would want to follow that. I lose respect for anybody that wants to follow that type of human being. I'll send you the video so you can laugh about over it. Over okay? the top. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. You can laugh. Yeah, right. It'll be a good chuckle on a Monday. Zach, appreciate your time, man. We'll talk later on this week to uh, uh, lock in with Huskers and Badgers, all right? Sounds good, thanks. All right, see you, buddy. There he is, our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Packers throttle the Houston Texans. I think they broke J.J. Watt. I think I think that was the – I feel like he's had a couple straws that broke the camel's back, but I think that was the final one. J.J. Watt after the game was pissed, and rightfully so he lost. But he lost to the team that he's worshipped, idolized growing up, the Green Bay Packers. If we're going to talk about J.J. Watt, do you ever think he would come out and say, trade me? I think he whispered it into Aaron Rodgers' ear when they hugged at the end of the game. It's like, dude, get me the F out of here. Get me out. Do you think he'd publicly like quit on the team or say, I want out of here? I don't think he would. I don't think he would. I think behind closed doors, he'd be like to his agents, like, dude, anything you can do, get me the F out of here. <sighs> Big contract, a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I would like, listen. Do, financially and realistically, J.J. Watt and the Packers, ah. I mean, they do They do need some help, though. But, ah. And on the defensive line. It would be a phenomenal story, though, to see J.J. Watt return home and play for the Packers. The story and the headlines alone would be incredible. The question is the production on the field, what the, would the you injury, give up to what get would you him? give up, the injury history. And unfortunately, Bill O'Brien's not there anymore that we could just fleece him. We'd be like, hey, dude, we'll give you, like, Ty Summers and a bag of balls for J.J. Watt. He'd be like, oh, sounds great. Sounds good. Okay. That's not going to happen now. Rowdy. Salary's $15.5 million this year, $17.5 million next year. You'd have to have the Texans cover a lot of that, and especially because the Packers only have about $8.5 million in cap space. Then you'd have to be willing to depart with some draft picks. I, would the, the story itself would be phenomenal. Like, you could sell headlines, sell books, think of the amount of jerseys that would be sold, everything surrounding J.J. Watt and the Packers. A marketing dream come true, right? A marketing dream come true. On the field, though, you'd have to get – the financials are the biggest obstacle. I would love to see oh, him on the field, but there's I, how do you get around the financials? I would bet that Brian Gutekunst would be on the phone with Houston right now. 
if J.J. Watt wasn't under contract for 2021. Like, if it would have just been, like, a one-year rental and see if you could uh, maybe come into a team-friendly extension, yeah. I bet he'd be on the phone for giving up whatever. I don't think he'd give up a first-round draft pick, but he'd give up, like, a fourth, maybe a third. It's But you, 17 and a half million a lot of money. next year? Plus, you already Not know happening. you have to sign Bakhtiari. Yeah. You know you have to sign Aaron Jones. Like, those are all the guys that we've been talking about that need to get signed. Kenny Clark just got his deal. Lindsley's up too. That'd be just bringing in another huge contract that you'd have to worry about. If Brian Gutekunst was on the phone to get it done, to get it done, JJ Watt would have been on the Packers team plane, leaving with him. I bet you JJ Watt was like, "Dude, Aaron, just take me, please. I'll hide it. Do you have a overly large duffel bag? I'll hide in it. Throw me on the plane and get me the hell out of Houston." Now Papa Picks brings up a good point, saying his contract next year isn't guaranteed. Yeah. But would you really be willing to bring in J.J. Watt, cut him, and then try to re-sign him? I think if anyone had the chance to do it, it would be the Packers. Like, they could sell that to him. Like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We'll yeah, but you. if you cut him, then he'd be open market, and then ah, it's probably the highest bidder, and you know the Packers aren't going to be the highest bidder on that front. Yeah, but you could sell it to J.J. Watt and be like, hey, man, you got Aaron Rodgers. You're playing for the team you grew up you know, rooting for, the state that you are, you know, are from. You played for the Badgers. Now finish your career with the Packers. If if anyone could sell it, that's the sizzle, right? That's the selling point to JJ Watt. But if I'm also JJ Watt, I'm like, yo, dude, I want to, I don't want to leave any money on the table. Would you want to leave any money on the table? I wouldn't want to leave any money. Now, on the table. do I think he can sign for seventeen and a half million dollars at his next contract? No, no. especially with no. how much he's been hurt in his career. Mm-hmm. Now, if he was a, a guy that was healthy his whole career. It'd be a different story. He'd probably be making $20 million a year. Mm-hmm. But he has been banged up. He has had some injuries. But the story would be incredible. Ugh. Just think, we could have had we could have had TJ Watt. Remember that? Remember that draft? I'd rather have TJ Watt than JJ Watt. Same. Papa, <laughs> Papa Pick on Twitch says, let's focus on winning the Super Bowl this year and then worry about JJ Watt later. Uh, and the King says, uh, NFL primetime compared JJ Watt to Mike Trout. Oh, what's, what's, <laughs> well, NFL primetime just lost a lot of credibility there. What's Mike Trout won, though? J.J. Watt's never been past the second round. Mike Trout, they, he doesn't have a playoff win, but... <laughs> so J.J. Watt's got a little farther Mike in Trout, the playoffs. Mike Trout is like one or two in like every single MVP. Well, Mike Trout's like Babe Ruth numbers, doesn't he? Mickey Mantle. Yeah, Mickey Mantle. I mean, Mike Trout is like first or second in every single MVP voting. When he's healthy, JJ Watt, JJ Watt, good player, but he, that's not a thing. That's a yeah. What was he in the Maybe. conversation for an MVP one year? Yeah, when he had that outrageous year. Yep. Yeah, who to go to that year as a quarterback, wasn't it? Yeah, of course it did. Yeah, I don't know why they just don't do like a whatever. Let's see here nor there right now. Um, speaking of uh, JJ Watt, I have a clip. I played this for Audi a few times. I want to play it for you guys in the nine o'clock hour. J.J. Watt, after the game, you can tell he is pissed and has had enough with the Houston Texans. Here is J.J. Watt talking to the media about Aaron Rodgers um, after <laughs> after the Packers tuned up that Houston Texans defense. Caught. Let me restart that here. Here you go. You can talk about the way Rodgers played today and, and compare it to the ways you'd seen him play earlier in his, in, when you guys played against him. He played very well today. <laughs> What did he do that that made him play well? Threw the ball to the receivers and they caught. That's it. That's it on J.J. Watt. And if you just look at his facial expressions, he is 
pissed. Livid. Well, I mean, at the same time, if you're J.J. Watt, hey, idiot, why are you asking me these stupid questions? Right. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers looked good. You know why he looked good. Because Devontae Adams went crazy. 196 and yards. And we also couldn't stop Jamal Williams. You know why. Why do you need to ask me this? I think what they're trying to do is, they're like, all right, J.J. Watt's from Wisconsin. He grew up a Packers fan. We want to get a good soundbite of him, you know, glowing reviews of Aaron Rodgers. Well, J.J. Watt's not going to do that. Despite being, you know, a Packer fan growing up, but he is pissed. All right, let's go to the phones really quick. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? What's going on, fellas? Mitch in Madison. Mitch in Madison, just chilling, brother. What you doing? You know, getting ready for work. Uh, yes, I, I noticed you're a little quieter. Are, are the twins sleeping right now? No, but the wife she works from home, so she's oh, on the other side yeah. of the house. You know, right. happy wife, so, happy life. You keep it quiet, yeah, Mitch. Okay, exactly. You know. <laughs> so, what, how much did you say Watts getting paid next year? Seventeen and a half million, but it's not guaranteed. See, okay, so I still think, as of right now, especially if Rogers keeps playing the way he is, I think with love they should do a Jimmy Garoppolo. Tom Brady type situation and keep Rogers. If they do that, um, they could restructure his contract a little bit, free up a little bit more money. And then also, uh, I would, I mean, we're not, I don't think they're going to re-sign Kevin King. And I think, and you're right about uh, JJ Wattman. It was on the field. You could just see the steam coming from his. Oh yeah. He's like, dude, get me the hell out of here. Get me out. Well, and they need one. They don't have any draft picks. Because Bill O'Brien sucks worse than McCarthy, and <laughs> and they need they have nobody in the secondary. So let's say a third round pick in Kevin King for Watt, and then what you could do if he's getting paid seventeen and a half million next year, and it's not guaranteed, be like, all right, JJ, we'll sign you to a two year extension, twenty million guaranteed, ten a year. Like my so, question is, when Packer fans talk about this, are we getting too caught up with the idea of J.J. Watt being a Packer, like just him wearing the green and gold? You know, he's from Wisconsin, played for the Badgers. Are we getting caught up in that, or is this truly a solution to a problem? It, I, I definitely would say it's a solution to the problem. I mean, it's nice to have it be J.J. Watt and all that, but I'm looking from it from a, a production standpoint. You can't. Here's the thing. I don't think it's fair to be like, oh, he's not really producing right now. That that Texans team has been gutted, and it's not like like if he was with the Packers, his job would be get the quarterback, and the Smith brothers would be behind him, so he would have a supporting cast to be able to be get nice. the quarterback. Um, so I mean, like like you guys said, I think Goody could try to make it work, but. I mean, they do that all the time. Just because the guy's making X amount, it's non-guaranteed. So guess what that means? He's making zero. Because <laughs> I, I don't think the Texans. Why? Why would you, as the Texans, keep him next year anyway? Like he's. I think he's going to be gone no matter what because you want to spend that money somewhere. Yeah. Else. If he stays healthy this year, maybe just sell jerseys because it's only going to be his and Deshaun Watson's you yeah. want. Other than that, the Texans. The Texans have failed him. Dude, and that's a, yeah, that's another guy I feel so bad for because he can play and he can play well. Um, but that just I mean, it was like playing a it was like them playing a rec team and <laughs> I guess on Friday when we talked, I thought it was gonna I thought it was gonna be way closer. Hey, and Mitch, that, speaking but, of uh Friday when we talked, you almost pegged the Wisconsin Badger score. Forty four to six. Yeah. Dude, Merge hey, Mania. Well, Merge Mania running wild, dude. 
Yeah, well, and if it wasn't for that bogus fumble, this should have been a shutout. But, you know, yeah, yeah. can't we, get too greedy. We soldier, we soldier on, right? On to Nebraska. Exactly. Right. Yes, sir. See you, Mitch. Good All stuff, right, buddy. Follow. Good stuff. Way to keep it quiet, too. Good stuff. Go back to it. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Z in the D. Zach in the Dells. What's up, brother? Not much. Uh, yeah, that touch, that last caller touched on a lot of points. I wouldn't make the Kevin King trade just because he's your number two corner outside. Like, who are we looking at number two corner? Josh Jackson. I mean, I would keep Kevin King. Yes, you might not be able to sign him. Re- sign yeah, that's him the thing. I think he wanted to get rid of him just because he knew you wouldn't be able to sign him. Yeah. Yeah, but and then you get the compensatory picks. And that's also another thing, too, with J.J. Watt. Um, you'll probably get a prorated deal for this year, so you don't have to worry about the salary cap this year. You bring him back on that extension idea. Also, you got to look at, like, J.J., do you want to win possibly a championship this year or maybe try to sign on with someone next year and try to win it? But Well, it would be an easy sell to, or an easier sell than any other team to J.J. Watt, right? It's like, dude, you're playing yeah. for the Packers. You're from Wisconsin. Done, done deal. But we are also looking at this like, yes, he's a hometown guy, and we really want him because he's a hometown guy. I almost look at it like almost like the Jared Abadaris. Everyone was clamoring for him to play more often <laughs> when he wasn't as good. Yeah. Same thing with Kumaro. Um, but J.J. Watt's a totally different tier than those yeah. two. I, just, I don't think it works with the money. It's it's. Well, there's there's some ways around it. I mean, True, you could figure you know, it out, but yeah. There, well, let's look at it this way. Preston Williams, uh, yeah. He, um, Preston Smith. Preston Smith. Preston Smith. Uh, you know he's getting some money. Um, he didn't show up until this last game. Maybe the Texans will swap out. I mean, I don't think they would, but you can also always throw in that pick. Then you also, if JJ was to come to the Packers and he was to leave next year, get a contract that he really likes. I don't know. Would we get a compensatory pick for it, or would the Texans get a compensatory pick for it? Because uh, that's gonna be that would be a third round pick guaranteed. I guarantee that. You love your comp. You love your comp uh, station picks, don't well, you, Zach? You you well, bring them up often. Of, it's con- you're well, like a GM in the smart. making, aren't you? Well, it's a smart. You're ready. To, you're ready to go front and office, my man. Well, why not? If you're gonna get a free pick, that's a third round, fourth round pick, and that's where we've been building a lot of these years on picks. Why not take it? I mean. We're an organization. And that just think about Zach. Think about this: if they get it, Mark Murphy can build another sledding hill at Titletown with all the jersey sales. Well, why not? There you go. Yeah, I mean the picks are there. Look at it that way. Um, the money's gonna be hard to swing, but I mean, there's a there's a if there's a will, there's a way. So, uh, but if I didn't know if you guys noticed, I was at Dave. I Minona's saw that house. you were at Dave from Monona's house. How did that go? <laughs> Well, I noticed he didn't he, have any. I noticed he didn't have any art on his walls. No, he does not have. But any then art. I would ask, why would a blind guy need, you know, paintings and art on his wall? Well, I, he, has a 20, he has a twenty-seven inch TV that's from nineteen ninety-five. Um, <laughs> he he uh, his chairs are a little outdated. Sure. Um, his audio system is has a cassette player on it. Of course. So I told him, like, hey, Dave, you know, we're. We're cool now. I mean, Did you have I a good time, though? I had a decent time. I saw I Rowdy told me something about his toenails. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I'm not going to go there. Yeah, we won't go Maybe there. Maybe down the road. I'll pick on him when he starts picking back on me again. Yeah, but, but you guys hey, buried the hatch? You guys friends now? Buried the hatch a little bit. To every ying, there has to be ying. True so, that. So, you know, we got to fight a little bit, but we, you know, it's yeah, all good. Yeah. It's all good, baby. Well, thanks, thanks, Zach. Nice hearing from you, brother. I'm glad you. I'm glad you survived watching the game with uh, Dave from Monona. 
Yep. All right, see you, buddy. I don't have COVID. Good. See you, buddy. There is he in the D. Mason, is that you? What's up, brother? What's up? What's up? What's happening, Mason? Long time no talk, man. How you doing? I'm I'm doing good now that you've called in. How you doing? I'm awesome. Hey, so first of all, I just want to say what a bittersweet day today, huh? I know. We get we get, you know, it's the Graham Mertz unfortunate news, but at least you know we got a Packer win, so it's like, you know, I don't know how to feel today. But Mason, real quick, you um. You called in last year and gave us was that last year or two years ago? You gave us like one of the most incredible oh, hyped up locker room pump speech. up locker room speeches. I think Graham Mertz. I don't know if you like sent him one privately, but Mertz balled out. What did Mason think when he saw the Mertz mania running wild Friday night? Well, I mean, I couldn't even. I didn't even think I was watching the Badgers. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I had to pinch myself. I slapped myself a few times. Yeah. And it got to be where we had, I mean, it, it was amazing. But um, I'll be honest, the reason I called is to burst your bubble this morning about the J.J. Watt, because I'm sorry, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, I feel I don't like, think it's going to happen either. I feel like the DeAndre Hopkins uh, money movement is so that they could keep J.J. Watt. He is injury prone, which is another reason, you know, the Packers could never, they, they can't risk that money. And I hate to remind you this, but we had our chance to have a Watt wearing uh, green and gold, and uh, what happened? Ted Thompson screwed it up! Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy, you know, that love boat, I don't know. It sank. I don't know. And look at Mike McCarthy, how loyal he is to his guys, and look how he's doing. Tough scene you know, in the Big D. Loyalty can actually get you screwed. Tough and can scene. we please get rid of MVS? <laughs> I cannot... Damn, Dave Pumanona could catch better than him. <laughs> Mason, thanks for calling in, man. It's nice hearing from you. Keep keep, keep him coming, would you? I will. Oh, and Take find care, the man. find the cure for COVID nineteen for Graham Mertz, would you? COVID COVID nineteen. Find the cure That's for Mertz. To... All right, I'll, I'm on it. See you, buddy.